This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, with your host, John Rush. All right, hour three is upon us. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. As I said a moment ago, our next guest joining us is Mario Mancuso. Mario, welcome. How are you? I'm doing fine, John. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You're from the Hudson Institute. I talked a week or so ago once this executive order uh, got put out. I didn't get into a lot of details. And then when I saw that you had the ability to talk far more better about this than I, I thought no, no one better to do this than you. So, Mario, thank you. Tell us exactly what this executive order was and what they're trying to accomplish. Sure. I'm happy to do that, John. Well, I should say that the executive order actually just sets out a straw man. One of the problems with the executive order is that it actually doesn't implement anything. And there's no fixed timeline to get um, the contents of the order actually implemented. Okay. But the basic idea, the basic idea is that the Biden administration has announced a set of restrictions on U.S. persons relating to their investing activities in China or with Chinese companies to the extent that those activities relate to things like semiconductors, microelectronics, quantum computing, um, and artificial intelligence. Basic idea is is that American capital and American know-how, and I think this latter point is actually a key point because it's not just about dollars, right? It's about you know our our business people, you know, mm-hmm. up and down the chain, right, from big business and finance to just entrepreneurs. That American innovative spirit, what they bring to the table is not just money. They bring lots of global expertise. They bring management acumen. They bring credibility, and they incredible people networks and all of those things together can contribute to these technical capabilities in china that can come back and haunt us for very well said yep you're 100 correct very well said that's exactly right all of that to your point it's not just money it's us is really what you're saying absolutely because a lot you know one of the arguments that we see you know what we in this this has been an idea that's you know john's been floating around for two years and frankly you know, I'm not a big fan of regulation, I will tell Me you, neither. in principle. Me neither. But, but there are points in time where it's necessary. Agree. Public safety, uh, that's proven. We need to not hesitate. We need to do it. Well, and, and, and really quick, Mario, when we're talking about, in some cases, our own secrets here in the United States of America, of course we need to make sure that those things don't leak out. I mean, those are the things that a government is supposed to be doing. That is the proper role of government. Some of the things we get into and some of the rules and laws and things that get passed have nothing to do with what we're talking about and aren't the proper role of government. In this particular case, it is. It actually is, and it's and it's it's made even more compelling that you have a government in Beijing, the CCP, whose affirmative policy 
is to steal. That's right. Secrets. That's right. To co-opt, to utilize the resources of the Chinese state to do everything they can to get their hands on American know-how, American technology, and not just American, but you know the, the technologies of our allies. Right. To ensconce themselves in power and to displace the United States. That's I mean, right. that sounds. That's right. That sounds, John, to some, that sounds paranoid. But what I've just described, that's the that's the view. Yeah, that, yeah, that is, that is I, their. I call it their their mantra, their policy, their marching orders. Mario, call it whatever you want to, but it is their goal to crush us at the end of the day. Yeah, and and it, and absolutely, and it absolutely is. And you know what? They've been on the field for. They've been. They have been pretty clear about their intentions for a decade. Yep. You know, Deng Xiaoping used to say, "Bide your hide your strength and bide your time." Yep. For the pen, past ten years, they've been doing this out in the open in every yes, domain, have. in the yes, military domain, domain technology, in, and we just haven't competed. And we, as a nation, need to mobilize. You know, we have tremendous strengths. We yes. don't have to respond to their every provocation. We, but we do have to respond when it's in our interest to respond. That's right. And we have to move with a purpose when those interests are kind of implicated. And so the EO aims at that, and I'm glad we have it out. And it's been, frankly, a couple, it's been in the works for a couple of years. But, you know, what essentially happened, the Biden administration has been talking about this. They finally released the EO, and the EO goes in great detail about why it's necessary. But when you look at the fine print, there's actually no fixed date mm. for implementing. It mm. kind of goes limp mm. at the end. Mm. Thank you and, for pointing you know, that out, because that, that was one thing that, you know, again, you won't find that in any of the articles or any of the things that we're talking about the EO that, you know, I guess, and I did not take the time to read the entire executive order. So thank you for all of that, because I did not know that. No, you know, and I'm glad you did, because, you know, frankly, you shouldn't, pro you should probably read it before going to bed and don't read it before operating heavy machinery. <laughs> but good one. But, but, but it's an important EO. And listen, I'm rooting for the Biden administration to get it right because I'm rooting for America. Yes, yes. But we need to execute. It's not enough to have the right idea because an idea is just an idea. We need to execute. Yeah, we right. need to show up. We do. I've got a story along these lines, Mario. I haven't said this for a while. I come from the automotive world. I had two repair shops for years and years and did a lot in the automotive aftermarket end of things. Still do in a lot of ways. I've got another program I do on Saturdays along those lines. And for years and years, went to our automotive trade show that was in Vegas. It's the second largest trade show, uh, period, uh, next to uh, the you know the, the the electronics trade show that's there. So that's a it's a big deal. And for years and years, Mario, they would not allow you to come in with any kind of cameras or videography, anything along those lines, because the biggest reason was they knew the Chinese were running around and they were going to do their best to take that whatever technology was there. They'd go back, copy it, and bring it back. So for years and years, you couldn't do it. Well. I don't know who ended up in charge, what knucklehead decided it was okay to start letting them come through and do that, uh, but it changed. And I will tell you right now, Mario, there is now one entire floor, one section that is dedicated to the Chinese and Asian companies that have come in and literally copied every single thing that was invented by the Americans. They do the, they, you know how it works. They copy it, they then bring it to market, it's cheaper, and it's now a competitive thing that's gone on. And why in the world we ever allowed that is beyond me. And this is exactly what you're talking about. I mean, the scope of the scope of IP theft and technology theft that has been conducted by the CCP you know, for years, yep. but let's just call it the last 10 years just to sort of, okay. you know, get okay. a rough cut. 
is unbelievable. I mean, you can look at their stealth fighters, you know, that you can find images online of their stealth technology, uh, you know, their stealth aircraft, their, you know, their new um, aircraft carriers. Yep. And guess what? They look a lot like American technology. Sure and there's do. a good reason for and there's a good reason for that, because yep. a lot of it is coming yep. from that. And, um, you know, we're lucky. We have a lot of terrific, hardworking civil servants in government. We also have a lot of terrific patriots, you know, who line the assembly lines that are defense uh, contractors. But we haven't really internalized the fact that we have an adversary in the CCP. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say that, China, and I say that specifically because China likes to cast this as a civilizational struggle. But the the CCP should not be allowed to substitute itself for China because the CCP is the Communist Party of China. That's right. And it's the CCP that's our adversary. That's right. And the CCP has had a state policy to steal American secrets for years. Yep, you're correct. And I'm glad we're finally waking up to it. Uh, I think we need to move more quickly. Um, But, um, you know... I have no doubt that America can win when it's a fair game and when America shows up. We just have to show up. Agree. Well said. How do folks find more about you, the Hudson Institute, and what's going on there? So the Hudson Institute, it's a a conservative think tank in Washington. I'm an international security fellow there. And you can go to our our website, www.hudson.org. My name is Mario Mancuso, M-A-N-C-U-S-O. Shoot me a line. But I work on international security. I'm a former military officer and combat veteran, and I'm really pleased have a chance to speak with you. Well, thank you. It's been, it's been very informative, Mario. Thank you very much. Keep up the good work, and we'll keep having you back. I appreciate it very much, sir. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Have a great evening. And again, Hudson Institute is where to go. And again, appreciate Mario very much. I learned things there that I did not know prior, so I learned something new here every day, by the way. So thank you. Thank you for that, by the way. Uh, Flesh Lock Firm coming up next, Kevin Flesh. He is my personal attorney. He would love to help you with whatever legal challenge you may be up against, and I mean that sincerely. Could even just be an accident where you're not getting what you need out of the insurance company. Give him a call today, 303-806-8886. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, Those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now at 303-806-8886. Your air conditioner is costing you a fortune, and Denver is the perfect climate for quiet, cool, attic, and whole house technology, so you can save money and enjoy a cool home. Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air is now your source for quiet, cool technology. With a quiet, cool whole house or attic fan, You can use the cool evenings and mornings to your advantage by pulling the cool air in and pushing the hot air out, giving you a lower baseline temperature to start with and ensuring that your expensive air conditioner isn't doing all the work. The U.S. Department of Energy calls quiet cool fans the most cost-efficient way to cool any home. Don't sweat your way through the summer this year or pay a fortune to run your air conditioner. 
Get a quiet, cool attic or whole house fan installed with Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air today. KLZ listeners can save $300 on a quiet, cool installation. Just go to klzradio.com absolute and fill out the short form. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air. K&R Home Transitions, as I said earlier, take the stress out of a home purchase or a sale, either one. They would love to help you out. And don't forget to ask about the re-up program. When you talk to them, find them at klzradio.com. You need to sell your home, but it needs some remodeling. That sounds simple. All you need to do is source contractors, research the market to find out what buyers are looking for, direct the work to be done, hire someone to clean up the mess, do the work, shoot photography and list the home, negotiate with buyers, make concessions, and redo some of the work you already did. Oh, okay, that doesn't sound very simple. But there is a better option. You can hire Kat and Robin of K&R Home Transitions and let them partner with ReUp to handle the updates without paying a dime up front. ReUp will remodel your home based on what will sell and increase value. They will do the work, clean the mess, and Cat and Robin will market and list the home to sell fast. K&R will help you navigate the process start to finish. You can let them do the work and enjoy the additional cash you make from selling a highly marketable home faster than you could have. Go to klzradio.com home to learn more about K&R Home Transitions and Re-Up. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. It is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Scott Garlis will join us here at 530. Prior to that, financial things that I figured we would cover since that's typically what I do in the hour with him. And I just had Mario on to talk about the same thing. Financial struggles often force individuals to make difficult decisions, prioritizing immediate needs over personal Sentiments. In a recent survey conducted by Ideal Tax, the results shed light on just how personal these sacrifices have become for many Americans. With a startling number choosing to pawn items of deep personal and sentimental value. Now, other than watching the show Pawn Stars, I've frankly never been to a pawn shop. I've always wanted to. I just, I don't know, I never... I guess I never take the time to go in. Charlie, have you ever been to a pawn shop? He says yes. Is it cool? He said nothing he wanted, but at least you've been. I, I've never have. And it, again, that's please don't judge. I just have never stopped long enough to go. Char- Charlie felt like it was taking advantage of people. Now, I will say there's some really good pawn shops. There's some that probably are doing exactly what Charlie says. Or in some ways, almost like a payday loan place which I get, they're needed. I'm not knocking them. Please, no one take offense to me saying anything along these lines. I am not knocking pawn shops. I know they are uh, needed in a lot of cases, and the majority of them, in fact, I think the way most work is you can go in and pawn an item for a dollar amount. If you redeem said item with interest, which is essentially they're loaning you money on that item, you can have that item back. Now, if you don't redeem said item, They are free, I believe, to sell it. And I think each pawn shop has different sets of rules on how they do that. And I'm not aware of state regulations on those things. If there are, somebody can inform me. Uh, This is not my area of expertise. I'm not a pawn shop expert. I've never owned one, coached one, consulted one. I know very little about them. Now, all that being said, 
Americans are pawning items. And this survey goes through a list of things that they're pawning. Now, if some of you are looking for some deals, maybe these are some items that you're looking for, and you should go, be, you should go check out some of the pawn shops. Electronics. No surprise there. Still topping the list. Electronics, including smartphones, tablets, game consoles. They're the most commonly pawned items. The nature of technology might make the decision somewhat easier, but it still underscores the pressing financial need people have. So you may have a bunch of old stuff kicking around. Typically, that's not what we'll pawn. Again, they are loaning you or buying said items based upon what they feel they can sell them for and they need to make a profit. So if it's some... Now, if it's an old, old, old game console that is becoming more valuable, that's a different story. But if it's just outdated, good luck. I should have kept some of the game consoles I had as a kid because even some of the old Atari units are becoming valuable, which I had as a kid. Really, as a side note, most of you probably don't care about this, but I suck at video games. I never did. I was never any good at those things. I don't know why. I just, I, my brain does not function well doing video games. I, I don't know why. I just, I've never been good at them. Maybe because I didn't play enough. I mean, I had friends that could drop quarter after quarter after quarter at the arcade. If I put in a buck, I thought, oh man, I, there's other things I could be doing with the next dollar and I'm not putting it in that game. I would rather go do something else. That's just, again, I'm a weirdo. That's me. I did not play a lot of video games because they cost money. And I, just couldn't couldn't stand taking my money that I'd earned because I earned it. Yeah, I was that kid. I earned I had a paper out member from the time I was 10. So I had cash from that point forward, and I just couldn't see spending it on video games. So that wasn't me. I didn't spend a lot of time in the arcade. Those things were skeevy to me, by the way, too. I just didn't like them. I know. I'm, I know. I'm weird. Germs, lots of things going on inside there, and it's just like, yeah, no, not for me. Yeah, I was even that way back then. I'm, I was that weird kid, yes. Oh, Charlie said your parents wouldn't let you go. Oh, that too. I forgot about that. Yeah, they were shady. They were shady places. <laughs> Some could be. <laughs> Ne'er-do-wells, he said. Yes, that's exactly right, Charlie. <laughs> okay, next one on the list. Jewelry. The most revealing stat from the survey showed that a staggering 19% of Americans have pawned jewelry. That's a high number, by the way. Literally, let's round it up. 20% of Americans have pawned jewelry with significant sentimental value, often without informing loved ones. Well, that's even worse. Rings, necklaces, heirlooms that have been in the family for generations are being used as collateral in tough times. Well, jewelry keeps its value. I can see how that one is high on the list. You know, you've got, you know, grandma's wedding ring with a, you know, decent diamond in it that's worth some money. Well, I mean, Go pawn that and get some cash and do whatever you need to for the time being and hopefully get it bought back. Otherwise, grandma's ring is gone. Or a watch or whatever else it happens to be. Musical instruments. This one I can see. Now, partly I can see it because people's lives change and what they used to enjoy playing, maybe they don't anymore, and so they look around and, hey, I've got this old whatever, flute, whatever it happens to be. What do we play as kids, Richard, or uh, not Richard, uh, Charlie, the recorder? Was that it, Charlie? We, was it the recorder we played when we were kids? Yeah, 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 everybody learned the recorder. I didn't, by the way. I did not do well in that. Yeah, I was in special ed. Thank you, Charlie. 
exactly right. I didn't do well on the recorder because I was in special ed. I was doing other things, not playing the recorder. But anyways, those are those are um, pond. And some of these carry personal stories of, of course, concerts, lessons, family gatherings. In some cases, they could be signed by an artist or whatever the case may be. They're getting pond as well. Power tools. Now, now that one, I can't think I would ever pawn. I like my tools. Yeah, but for many, power tools are not just functional, but also represent one's livelihood. Pawning these items can often signify an individual sacrificing the very tools they use to make their living. Vehicles. Larger pawn shops and title-owned businesses occasionally see cars and motorcycles. These aren't just modes of transportation, but are for many associated with personal freedom and independence. But, uh, yeah, they'll take a title in. And in some cases, you can take a title in and still drive the car, but they've got the title you don't pay. They're getting it. They're coming after it. Collectibles. Survey found that items like rare coins, vintage toys, sports memorabilia, often collected over a lifetime are finding their way into pawn shops, including the depth of sacrifice many are indicating, by the way, the depth of sacrifice many are willing to make. Designer goods. Luxury items, especially those received as gifts or markers of special occasions, are being pawned, signaling the blending of monetary and sentimental value. Now, I I learned something last night, Charlie, that my wife informed me of when it comes to designer goods, that a lot of these college, young college kids in frat houses and so on are buying. There are these shoes called Golden Goose Shoes. Have you heard of them, Charlie? Oh, I know a trend Charlie doesn't. Finally. Finally, I know something he doesn't. They look like an old Converse All-Star, the, the leather type that somebody ran over with a truck. And they buy these things for like 600 bucks a pair and wear them, Charlie. Golden Goose shoes, look them up. I wouldn't wear them just because they look like they need to go in the garbage. But these kids, young girls especially, are buying these shoes. There you go, Charlie. 600 bucks at Neiman Marcus. I finally, finally knew something of fashion. Charlie didn't. <laughs> oh, Crystal covered for 2300 bucks. I knew they were up there. So that, those of you that, that now want to be up on your kids, just talk about Golden Goose tennis shoes, and you'll know something that some of them may not even know yet. I just learned this last night through my sister and my wife. So there you go. Golden Goose shoes. And they got a big star. They, I, they look just like the old Converse I wore when I was a kid. Maybe not exactly, but they look like an old Converse. And it looks like the ones I used to throw away when I was a kid. Literally, they're all worn out looking. I don't know why you'd want to wear a shoe that looks worn out. I spent the morning, Charlie, this morning polishing my shoes. So I'm that guy. I don't want to wear a pair of shoes that look old. I want to wear a pair of shoes that look good. Anyways. Designer goods. Yes, those are now being pawned. So, all of that to say, if some of you are in a little different position, financially speaking, you may actually find some good deals at a pawn shop where somebody else and their misfortune had to go there to gather some cash. You may be able to score something of value that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to. And I, again, I I guess I should go to a pawn shop. I've never been. Maybe I would learn something. Scott should be joining us here in a moment. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next. And you may be looking to do an upgrade in your home when it comes to your plumbing. Touchless faucet, water heater, you name it. 
They're your go-to company, and I mean that. So whatever you need when it comes to plumbing, give them a call. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing has made convenience for their customers a top priority. High Five maintains a well-stocked inventory readily available for their technicians at all times. So the technician who comes out to help you remains at your home to complete the project the same day. On the rare occasion they need a part, another team member will bring the part to them, leaving no more I'll-be-back-in-three-hours visits. On top of that, their window for service is only two hours, respecting your valuable time and notifying you when they are on the way. High Five Plumbing also offers weekend appointments and evening appointments to meet your busy schedule. High Five makes every effort to make your plumbing experience convenient and hassle-free. You can call or email to schedule your plumbing services with High Five. You want a company who makes your time their priority. So call High Five for that at 1-877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or just go to klzradio.com slash plumbing today. Dream Auto Repair, you may need tires. They've got uh, options for you, by the way, and make sure that depending upon what you're doing with your vehicle, you put the right tires on it, and Extreme can help you with all of that. KLZRadio.com. The hot temps around the Denver metro area are just getting hotter, and Extreme Auto Repair wants you and your vehicle to stay cool. When the heat outside swelters, you are at a much higher risk of your engine overheating and failing, leaving you stranded and waiting on a tow. You know to check your coolant frequently, but did you know that low engine oil can also cause your engine to overheat faster? This is especially important in the mountains where your car is driven much harder than on flat ground. Simple things like regular oil changes done on time with extreme auto repair can help protect your engine and keep you safe. In the harsh and ever-changing Colorado weather, it's important to make sure that your car is always in tip-top shape. And Extreme Auto Repair will help you make that happen. Appointments are required for services and inspection. So to schedule your visit to Extreme Auto Repair, go to klzradio.com slash extreme today. All right, if you're looking for a really nice used car, you may have somebody that's either going back to college or high school. Maybe they're just getting their license. I was just on the website at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, and they've got a lot of great cars that would fit that description perfectly. So if you want to know what some of those cars are, you can either go to RidgelineAutoBrokers.com or you can call them directly at 303-442-4141. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. 
Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutobrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. Live and local, back to Rush to Reason. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. We appreciate you uh, joining us today, as we always do. And tomorrow, by the way, we've got Dr. Kelly Victory and Steve House. They'll be joining us in hour one. Kurt Rogers will be with us in hour number three. Kurt and I will talk about some real estate things that are going on, interest rates, all of that different stuff as well. And we will have him with us. And I will also say, if you've got any questions for either of those individuals, Dr. Kelly, Steve House, or Kurt Rogers, please send me a text message tonight. I'll add those to my notes and get that handled tomorrow when they're on with me. 307. 200-8222, of course, is our number, 307-200-8222. Just send me a text message. I'll add that into my notes for tomorrow. And again, get that taken care of for Dr. Kelly Victory, Steve House. And again, if you've got a mortgage question, even which a lot of you I know do, and a lot of you will even text me after we're done with Kurt. If you've got a specific question for Kurt on the front side, please let me know, and I'll get that asked of him tomorrow. And tomorrow we are going to talk a little bit about the VA end of things and, of course, first-time buyers also. But in the meantime, Scott Garlis joining us now. Scott, welcome. How are you? Hey, John. I'm well. How are you? Always great to hear from you. Let the folks know, by the way, who you're with and how they can get a hold of you. Sure. Uh, Porter and Company Research. The website is porterandcompanyresearch.com. Um, you know, come check it out. We have free stuff. We have paid stuff. Is something for everybody. All right, perfect. All right, let's get started. Stock market, what's it going to be like as we head into September? Yeah, well, I think the stock market's going to be pretty choppy heading into September. Um, you know, if we look at things on a seasonal basis, September is typically the worst month of the year for the S&P 500. Okay. On average, it, it loses 1.1%. Um, you know, the next closest monthly averages in terms of loss is, 0.2% loss in February and then again in May. Okay. Bonds. Let's talk about bonds for a moment because that's also affecting some of this, is it not? Yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, so one of the big concerns, I mean, obviously we've seen everything that the Federal Reserve has done this year with right. driving uh, interest rates higher to fight inflation. But so one of the other really big concerns out there right now is What's going on from a spending perspective in D.C.? And I'm sure you've talked about this plenty um, over all your different, different shows and different days. And, and so what a lot of people on Wall Street are very worried about is that with spending picking up, the U.S. is going to have to pay higher in terms of the yields on bonds to track buyers. Now, do you, should I explain that a little bit? Yes, so please do. People, okay. So if you think about it this way, um, it, it's sort of supply-demand. If there is a lot of gold out there in the world, the price of it's going to drop. It's not going to cost as much to get it. Um, so the, the value is going to go down. So when we think about it in bonds, it's a very similar thing. If there are, there's a huge supply of bonds, the value is going to drop. But with bonds, you know, gold doesn't pay interest. Bonds do. Right. To attract buyers because your bonds, value of your bonds might be worth less you're going to have to pay more in interest. So that means yields are going to go up. So as yields rise, the interest payments that the U.S. government has to make to whoever those buyers are, that has to go up. Right. So what Wall Street is worried about is that 
because the U.S. Uh, debt levels are rising so much, the U.S. is going to have to pay higher interest rates to attract buyers. And that's why we're seeing the bond market sell off right now, because when you think about it, if the return on bonds is becoming more attractive because rates are going up, that makes stocks less attractive. Yeah, because people will buy bonds instead of stocks because they're more secure. Am I saying that correctly? That, that is correct. And U.S. Treasury bonds are considered one of the safest investments in the world. So right now, the S&P 500 is yielding about 1.6%, and a 10-year U.S. Treasury is yielding about 4.2%. Hmm. So the safety profile of the Treasury bond is yep. much more so than it's not, because in the chance of a bankruptcy, stockholders don't like that. Right. Yeah, I know you're, you're counting on the backing of the federal government, of the U.S. government, and the citizens of to back that bond, Right. That, that is correct. Yeah, I can see that. Do you see any of that slipping in the near future? Is that going to stay fairly strong for quite some time? What are your thoughts there? I, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, the, the government is spending a bit more, so they, they're having to make up that money somewhere. You know, so far, I don't see it. In terms of demand, it, it doesn't seem like it's a huge problem. What we saw the other day was uh, the 30-year Treasury bond auction was twice the size it was of the last one, which I believe was back in March. But the demand, in terms of the amount of demand for the size of the auction, was exactly the same. The cover ratio is like 2.24 versus 2.25 the last time, which means there was 2.25 times the demand hmm. of what was being offered. Hmm. Um, I, it's something we want to pay attention to, because if we see that number start dropping to, say, like one and a half, that's a really bad sign. That means nobody's interested in buying those bonds uh, current yield. I see. I see. Okay. Is the are the Feds done raising rates? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I have a I have a feeling the Fed is. I mean, they they they've said you know there's a chance we could raise rates one more time this year. Uh, but since they last raised rates, we had uh, Fitch or Moody's came out and downgraded U.S. debt. Um, and the reason they downgrade is they're worried about all the spending going on and the, the money that's going to have to be raised. But, so that kind of puts the, the Federal Reserve in a bad spot because if they keep raising rates on, on top of the potential for yields to go higher just from hmm. the supply that's coming out, that could cause a real problem for us. People just trying to do things like buy a home or buy a car. Yeah, it's really, it's I mean, in a way, it's they're not far from that even right now. And I, and I know that was part of their plan was to crush certain things, but in the in the process of doing that, they've now made it a lot more expensive, budgetarily speaking, for the U.S. government to even stay operational. This is correct. And, you know, what's even more interesting is the, uh, the San Francisco Federal Reserve recently put out a research paper saying that all the quantitative tightening that's going on, and that's the Fed unwinding its balance sheet. Right. Interest rates may feel more like 7%. Right. And, and so then if you if you look at that, and then you look at the New York Federal Reserve put out its, uh, its uh, was the UGI, which is the underlying um, underlying inflation rate, basically that they see going on right now. It, it's the underlying gauge of inflation. They had that at about two and a half percent. So if you think about those two things together, so you have underlying inflation growth at two and a half percent, and the San Fran Fed saying interest rates are really around seven percent. That means you have four and a half percent real interest rate. Mm-hmm. Now, prior to the Fed beginning the tightening cycle, it was negative eight and a half percent. 
that is a 13 percent that's a big difference yeah that's huge that's and that's that that becomes a real economic problem if it keeps going no i i i I agree and and I know this isn't in my notes, but what do you feel when it comes to the you know personal debt? You look at credit card debt, I'm looking at the u s debt clock right now. it's about one point three trillion and rising. What are your thoughts there, and is that something that the feds also look at? Uh, you know i I don't know that the feds really pay attention to that a ton or care about that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they do and it, it, I'm sure it worries them. Um, and that's, that's, you know, at some point they have to be like, hey, if this keeps growing, it's, it's going to be a problem with continuing to raise interest rates. But some of the other stuff I've read is the pace of how this has been growing is sort of, it, it, it's unsurprising that we're getting here. It's just, look, I don't think $1.3 trillion in personal debt is a good thing at all. Right. At some point, that's going to break, and that's going to be bad for the economy. Yeah, and, that, and that's not even I mean, that's personal credit card debt. That's not even you know HELOCs and you know I just talked about yeah. pawn shops a moment, uh, pawn shots a moment ago, and, and folks going in there and you know pawning things off and so on. We're not even talking about that debt. We're just talking about credit card only. Is one point three trillion? Correct. And well, you know, the, one of the crazier things that I, I think is going on right now too is you're having a bunch of people like the head of the. Um, uh, the o- it's not the OCC, but the FDIC and, and a couple of others are sort of, they're out there blaming uh, everybody but Congress for the inflation problems we have. Mm. And so now they're trying to go after the banks. And they're trying to say that banks need to save more money and they want to destroy these capital buffers. That they build. Well, all of that is going to hurt the little guy because as you make the banks save more, they're going to have less to lend. Right. And that's going to drive people. It's going to drive people to find alternative lenders who are going to charge way more than a bank would ever charge for a loan. Mm-hmm. So that, to, to your point, that is only going to drive people more in debt. So, you know, when I look at all this stuff and think about this, a couple things really stand out to me. The Fed can't raise rates anymore, and the government needs to put the brakes on its spending because if it keeps growing exponentially like yep. this, it's going to, going to be a massive problem for the for the economy. Regular citizens like you and me. Yeah. I, by the way, I can't, I can't agree more. And I really felt like after the last rate increase, they were done, although those knuckleheads, again, don't understand Main Street, nor, to your point earlier, a few minutes ago, they don't care. Uh, you know, they're trying to do whatever they feel is best for them, and they don't live on Main Street. So at the end of the day, they really don't care. When it comes to banks, let's talk about that for a moment. When it comes to banks, you know, shoring up. You know, even their balance sheet and doing what they do. And to your point, that's going to affect average borrowers, businesses, small business, and so on. How, you know, how much worse does that get before it gets better? I think it'd get a lot worse. Um, so Michael Barr, has, he's the Fed uh, governor. He, he oversees bank regulation. He is a, uh, a Biden appointee. But basically what he is doing is he's going with Basel III, which is European regulations on lending. And, you know, up until this point, when they originally tried to put this in after the financial crisis, even the Obama administration said, no interest, we're not doing this. And it's been saved off until now. And for some reason, suddenly we're going in this direction. Um, and so all the major banks have built about $118, $120 billion capital buffer, and this guy's going to wipe that out. And so hmm. he's saying, you know, it's going to take years, but what's going to happen is, back to, they're not going to lend, and they are going to wind up charging you and me more for every single service down the line 
to build that capital buffer back up over the next couple of years. So it's just going to wind up being a tax in the little guy, and mm. it's not necessary. F- fully agree. Do you feel like there's different – how should I say this, Scott? Do you feel like there's different banking sectors that will be hit worse than others, or is this going to be across the board? In other words, is the little local bank going to be just as affected as the regional bank, as affected as the big Wells Fargo's, or is it not going to matter at all? No, the, the Wells Fargo's are clearly going to – they're going to fare far better because they have a bigger customer base who can suck it up more. Okay. Um, it'll definitely be – you know, look, the regional guys, the little local guys won't be as subject to these regulations, but, you know, like the mid-tier banks, they'll probably be hurt the most because these guys, you know, with $100 billion uh, plus in assets. So, the, you know, the Wells Fargo's J.P. Morgan's Bank of America, they have massive assets. But these other guys, a couple of tiers below them, you know, the first horizons of the world, uh, mm-hmm. regions financial, they'll probably be hurt the most. And, and ultimately what that'll lead to is that'll lead to, uh, less people, you know, being able to borrow money, and they'll, they'll tighten up economic conditions all over the place. Talk about Russia for a moment. Their central bank raised rates eight and a half to twelve, which, by the way, is a huge jump. And uh, part of that's because the ruble's, you know, doing crap right now. That's right. Uh, so basically, what Russia's finding out is this war in Ukraine is, is becoming a disaster. It's killing them. Um, their economy's getting crushed. The ruble's falling apart. Um, you know, and now they're, things are going poorly for them in the Black Sea, which is a major supply route for them to get oil out of there, gas out of there. Um, so, yeah, it's, this is really bad for Russia. And, you know, unfortunately for Russia, Russia is becoming ever dependent on China. And I think what Russia is going to find out is if they keep going down this road, Russia is just going to wind up being a Chinese pawn. Um, and yeah. as soon as, you know, Putin's out of there, he's probably going to be able to handpick the next leader of Russia. Yep. And that's not going to be good for the Russian people or the Russian economy. Fully, fully agree. And, and that leads into the next conversation, which is in, in a lot of ways, you know, China isn't really in a position. They're not doing very well economically either. And frankly, if they keep helping Russia like they've been, that becomes more of a drag even on them and their economy. At some point, I think even China has to say, guys, we're done. You're on your own. And when that happens, Russia's gone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, China's a disaster too. China has, China won't reveal what their debt levels look like, but there's some studies that have done that, that just China's debt to GDP is in excess of 300%. Wow. Um, but they've got massive unemployment. Uh, unemployment's so bad, the government recently decided, I think it's youth unemployment is north of 21%, and they just decided we're just not going to tell anybody that number anymore. Hmm. Um, that's probably because they're worried about the unrest and the upheaval that might create. But what you're also seeing is some uh, big shadow banks, and there's another uh, building company, Country Garden, I believe it is, they're starting to have trouble making bond payments. Mm. Um, so then when all that happens, you know, that's a sign that their economy is not doing well, that the people aren't buying homes, the people that have bought homes might not be able to afford to make payments anymore. Um, so, yeah, the, the Chinese economy is in a lot of trouble at the moment, and the government there keeps saying they're going to do something, but they won't, and I think that's because they just they really don't have a lot they can do. When you start to see them do something, that'll be because they think their economy has started to turn around on its own, and right now, that just isn't happening. It's funny, when you say the 300%, that's exactly what some folks are saying, although the IMF, of course, says it's 77% because they and China both lie. Well, yeah, and the IMF, 
once it's you can try to be gracious for some reason. So, yes, that, that's that's right. They're going to tell you 77% because they don't want to upset the Chinese government. Because 300% is is huge. Now, Bloomberg is saying that, to your point, it's 279.7 or round up that by one, you know, by 0.3 points, and it's 300, well, 280 points at that point. But still, yeah. let's call it 300 because that's what it is. There is no other country in the civilized uh, world that I think is even close, or major economies. You know, I think Japan might be. I want to say Japan might be two ten or two twenty, but even you know, you look at a country like Italy is around one forty. Uh, you know, Germany's around sixty percent. I want to say the U is the U S like one ten. Maybe yeah, I think we're about 120 right now. You're right. Japan's about 237. Greece, 177. Lebanon, 151. I mean, go down the list. And reality is, you know, and, and again, not saying it's good because we're, we're, in my opinion, way too high as well, but we're still way down the list. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and think about what disaster Greece, Greece has been. And Greece is 177, and China, you know, according to Bloomberg, 280. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, a- yeah, it, it's... It, it's not good. In fact, and again, to your point earlier, we need to get ours down. We're at number twelve and one hundred twenty-eight percent, and that's still, you know, we we should be way, way, way down the list, Scott. We have just got out of control spending. We're not paying attention. We're doing things that aren't in our best interest, and we got to stop. That's that's right. Um, you know, I think the end of the day, though, in terms of if you want to look for assets to invest in it, and I still think we, you know, we're going to see that. But these will pull back here into September, and then that'll be a sort of buying opportunity. Um, and then you typically get a rally in the, the last three months of the year and into January. The S&P average is about a 4% gain. Um, but I think all of this also highlights why you want to invest in the U.S. We have mm-hmm. the most difficult accounting standards in the world. And it's sometimes, True. for lack of a better term, we're the best house on a bad block. Yeah. That's right. No, you're right. I mean, I, I say that a lot with folks that we interview. We're the, we're the uh, best worst thing going. Yeah, yes, that's exactly right. So, Scott, again, how do folks find you? What's the best place to do that? Porterandcompanyresearch.com. Perfect. Scott, as always, appreciate you, man. Have a great week. Glad you're back from vacation. We had folks wondering where you were at, so thanks for joining us today. John, glad to be back, and I always appreciate your time. Appreciate it very much. Scott Garlis, again, enjoy talking to him on a weekly basis. Affordable interest mortgage is next. As I said a moment ago, if you got a question for Kurt, he's going to join us tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Please text me that. In the meantime, if you need him directly, 307, sorry, 720-895. Make sure I get this right, 720-895-0500. Many of you are seeing your credit card rate around 18 to 21%. With the feds continuing to raise rates, it's getting harder to stretch that dollar. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. If you currently have a low rate on your mortgage, but the other debts are not giving you any breathing room, consider refinancing and getting a blended rate in the fours. Now is the time. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Get that blended rate in the fours and lower your total monthly payment, six, seven, eight hundred a month. We can show you how to lower your monthly debt and keep more of your money, all with a low blended rate. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and serving Coloradans since 2001. Let us show you how to own your home faster and pay less interest. Our experience will save you money. 720-895-0500. Affordable interest mortgage. That's 720-895-0500. Start saving six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month now and breathe again. 
NMLS 298-191, regulated by DOOR, equal credit lender. Golden Eagle Financial, again, we've got a local person you can talk to when it comes to finances and investing and a lot of things we just talked to with Scott. Talk to Al Smith, Golden Eagle Financial. He can handle that here, and he's licensed here in Colorado to do those very things. 303-744-1128. When you go it alone, saving for retirement, Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial knows you take on significant risk for making the wrong moves with your hard-earned money. When you work with Al, performance may increase up to 20% more than employer-sponsored plans or with automated services. As an experienced advisor, Al uses over 30 years of retirement planning experience to help you understand what drives a good retirement plan. Al gets to know you personally so he can understand your goals, fears, and needs and gives you the best guidance possible given your unique situation. Approaching retirement doesn't need to be difficult. You just need the experience of Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial to direct you on the smart way to go. So visit klzradio.com money now to schedule a no-strings-free consultation and take control of your retirement plan. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. A registered investment advisor, BCM, and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Veteran Windows and Doors, enjoy 40% off right now, product and labor, whatever you need when it comes to Windows and Doors. Talk to Dave today. He'll help you get things dialed in before winter hits. 303-529-0720. Veteran Windows and Doors actually educates their customers so they know exactly what their codes are. All of their products are rated to exceed those codes and maximize the return on your investment. Everyone claims to make the best windows and doors, but Veterans knows that every window and door has to be tested for how efficient it truly is. Owner Dave Bancroft will tell you the energy efficiency ratings have to be clearly labeled on your windows and doors when you receive them at your home. If the windows and doors are not Energy Star certified or do not meet your local energy codes, the windows will not earn you any rebates, credits, or energy savings. Window and door replacement is a great investment in your home. However, if they aren't properly rated for efficiency, you are just throwing your money out the window. No pressure, no upsell, just plain facts, so you can make the best decision for your home. Get 40% off labor and material costs for the month of August with Veteran Windows and Doors by visiting klzradio.com window. This is Josh with Business Equipment Service. Here's a message from one of our satisfied customers. Susan at Premier Manufacturing says, In the two-plus years I have been with Premier Manufacturing, my interaction with BES has been nothing but positive. When we have a service issue, they do their best to have someone sent out that same day, and the service people have always been friendly, efficient, and professional. If you are looking into purchasing office equipment or have a problem with equipment you currently have, give us a call at 303-825-5664. As independent brokers, GIA Insurance does not work for any insurance company. They can shop the market and find you the best premium for the coverage that you need. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. A couple minutes left. This is all Rush to Reason. Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. So one thing that happened as well is I didn't mention this much this week because I just didn't have time. Not because it's not important. I just didn't have time. A judge dismisses the suit 
to halt Biden's student debt, re- student debt relief for longtime borrowers. Now, this is kind of an end around that, that the Biden administration did when they got shot down on their big debt, student debt relief. Uh, that didn't pan out, and this one is working in their favor. There was a bid by two conservative groups to block the Biden administration from canceling the federal student debt loans of more than 800,000 people who have been in repayment for more than 20 years. So keep in mind, this is not the same debt forgiveness that was happening with other individuals with student debt. This was actually an effort, by the way, by the Cato Institute and the the um, Mackinick, can't say that right, Mackinick Center for Public Policy. They filed a lawsuit earlier this month saying the administration violated federal law by failing to provide the forgiveness policy through the traditional rulemaking process and offer the public the opportunity to comment. The judge, Thomas Luddington of the Eastern District, not a shock there, by the way, this is the Eastern District, said that they didn't have standing. So whether another lawsuit will come against this, I have no idea. What is the dollar amount on this? I don't know that anybody has an exact number. There's a lot of caveats to this particular uh, forgiveness. It's not the same, again, as what the as what the other one they tried to push through was. This one has an estimate of about $40 billion in federal, you know, federal student loans by about 800,000 borrowers. Now, again, these are individuals that have been in the repayment process for more than 20 years. This is not a total forgiveness of student debt like like the other one. It had some caveats as well, but it was much more forgiving than this one. Now, not that $40 billion is a small number, but that's a far cry from what the other one was going to be, which was close to a trillion dollars. So I guess if there's a, a uh, count your blessings, it's this versus the other. Neither one, in my opinion, are right, but this one already, you know, this, this particular fight got shot down. All right, tomorrow, Dr. Kelly Victory, Steve House will be with me again in hour one. If you have a specific question for them, be sure to text me that question, 307-200-8222. Otherwise, have a great night. Don't forget the National Crawford Roundtable is next. If you want to hear the first hour, go to the website, rushtoreason.com.